that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. gang welcome to the brown notes podcast where we let them rip on the cleveland browns my name is scott and my name is rico and we had the wild card game in houston against the texans a game of which i was nervous about the entire week um and Houston let them have it, dude. Um, and so the Cleveland season is over. So now we're here to look at the aftermath of this nuclear explosion that happened uh, a couple of days ago. So um, what 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 have you to say about that? I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. I, I Listen, you and I play very specific roles, and usually – you know, I'm somewhat clear-eyed and sober in my analysis of the Browns, so much so to where I'm occasionally accused of being, wait for it, negative. <laughs> but in this instance, I honestly, we've flipped roles a little bit, and I honestly looked at this team, and I saw a team that I thought was playing at a very, very high level when it mattered in the month of December, I saw an offense capable of racking up points and chewing up big chunks of yardage. I saw special teams that was so much improved from what it was in the Mike Preforget days. And I saw a defense that performed exceptionally well for large parts of the season. And then in talking to you, I saw someone who was guarded and cautious and dare I say a little nervous about this matchup. And sir, to your credit, it would appear that I am the fool and you, sir, are the wise Cleveland Swami. I don't want to be correct in those ways, though. Um, I want to be wrong. I want to be the wet blanket who who couldn't get over his Neo um, and was ultimately wrong. No, really what I saw, what I saw that I couldn't get past. Um, I was excited. I was happy. Flacco, what Flacco, I, I, man, thank you, Joe Flacco for salvaging the season. Like really, like I've got, even though he threw a couple of picks yesterday, I, I can't, I'm not going to hold it against him. Um, what he did off the couch to to save the season, um, it was amazing. Uh, I hope that everybody respects what he did this year. Um, but but what I couldn't get past was the fact that when I looked at this whole thing, I saw a, a house of cards. And um, I couldn't get past the fact that it was a house of cards. It was built up, but a slight wind was going to blow it over. And, and that just that made me nervous the entire time. And I just couldn't get past. I tried. I wanted to get Browns blind really bad. 
Um, I tried to get Browns blind, but I couldn't get past the House of Cards thing. And and I I hate the fact that I was right on this. I wanted to be wrong. I wanted you to be right because you kept telling me the whole time, forget it, man. You're gripping. You're nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm excited. You kept telling me I'm excited. I can't wait for Saturday. I can't. This is going to be great. And I couldn't get past it. And I wanted to be wrong, Scott. I wanted to be wrong. I think. What made it different for me this year and why I kind of fell in love a little bit or allowed myself to do so, even though ultimately they ripped my heart out of my chest, dropped their pants and took a giant dump on it. Um, I think what I saw was something that I don't often see. Our last playoff season of 2020, I've mentioned this before, we didn't beat anybody the entire season. You know, the best team we beat was the Titans that year. This year, I felt like this team had gone out and we had beaten the Ravens. We had beaten the 49ers. You know, we had beaten the Steelers. We had beaten the Bengals when they had Joe Burrow. I mean, this team had beaten some of the best teams in the league. I had seen a team that had risen to the challenge. I saw a team that overcame adversity, tremendous adversity. I said in our roundtable going into the season that this was the most talented Browns team since 1987, and I kind of believe that because they were able to go really deep in their roster and still be largely competitive uh, through 17 games. So I, uh, I thought that what I saw was real, and I saw a team on top of all those opponents we beat, on top of overcoming adversity, I saw tremendous chemistry on the team. I saw leadership on the team. These are things we lack. Typically, our locker room is is tearing each other's throats out. I saw leadership. I saw head coaching that he'd evolved, you know, and gotten better. I saw a defensive coordinator who was able to put his stamp on the team. And maybe even, to your point, by proxy, I think you have suggested this a few times, he might have helped improve Kevin Stefanski. So when I put all of this into a soup, I thought I saw something that had the feel of something where it was all kind of where you saw a house of cards. I saw all the cards lining up and falling into place for a little bit of magic. Well, seeing the beauty of this is there's you being super optimistic and positive about how deep the roster is and and the chemistry and how we talked about Jim Schwartz maybe rubbing off on Kevin Stefanski a little bit and all the stuff you said is not wrong and and anybody who uh, and I'm not going to presume to think that people are actually feeling this way, but just in case, I mean, anybody who had that super positive outlook like you and like the, the you know, we had Gary on the round table. Gary is Brown's blind and that's not a bad thing. Um, any of you who have taken that approach, that's OK, because it just depends on your perspective and point of view. And from that perspective, you are absolutely right. In order for them to go as far as they did with all the injuries, you have to have the best roster in football. You have to have great chemistry. You have to have great coaching. All of that stuff you mentioned has to be there. And the fact that they won 11 games and went to the playoffs is confirmation that all the things that you were excited about is valid and that's okay um i also was happy about those things 
but I had more of a wet blanket negative anxiety ridden feeling about the whole thing and was just looking, you know, how you said in a previous episode, I think, uh, or maybe it was, uh, we talked about how anxiety is being afraid of the future. And and you Mm -hmm. said that you said anxiety is being afraid of the future. And I couldn't get past the, 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 possible negative future outcome of this house of cards and that kept me from being positive and excited like like you were but again you weren't wrong everything that you were excited about is super valid and also all of that stuff that's all the stuff that we can take from this alternate timeline and transfer it over back to the real timeline going into the off season and going into next year, the roster, the excellent coaching, um, and the, the, the culture of the chemistry, all that stuff is transferable. And that's definitely everything that can be taken with us as we move into the off season and going into the next season. So nothing wrong with those feelings whatsoever. And nobody should feel stupid or sorry or have any regret for letting themselves go and letting themselves be excited that was my point you you were absolutely not wrong for being excited about this team even though it ended the way that it did you were absolutely correct well just to lay it out for those who may be listening rico and i watched the game together yesterday with a few friends and i gotta tell you man it's funny how (laughs) you know your buddy's got a man cave, right? Our buddy's got a man cave. It's all decked out in Cleveland Browns. The dog is wearing a Cleveland Browns jersey. There's tons of food, tons of booze. Everyone's super excited for the game, right? We sit down, and to my eyes, the game was never in doubt. It was just as thorough and ass-kicking that one could have received in other words you're really hoping that when you get together at a place like that and everybody's gone all out to have a awesome time watching the game and the game like you would at least hope for like a competitive game where you can be nervous and excited and have it go down to the you know last couple minutes no this thing was over <laughs> I mean, I think it was over like in the first quarter, but others would argue it wasn't really over till the third, but it was over. So it was like you couldn't really have fun or enjoy that time at all. It was one of the most unenjoyable football games. There was really no joy to be had, you know, in the game for the vast majority of it. So it's just funny how bleak because, like I said, even the dog was wearing Brown's gear. And then you just sit there stupefied, like, is this really how the day is going to go? It was just a shit show. They just looked, they looked like two steps ahead of us the entire game. They were just faster. They were just, they, they just outplayed us in every facet of the game. And so it was, it was tough, man. And I'll be honest with you. I drove home after that and I was not sad. I was not I was a little, honestly, I was a little surprised. And maybe this just speaks to how much I had kind of bought in. But I was just like a little, like, I just thought myself, like, did that just happen? Like, what the fuck? And then I started thinking, you know, I don't know if we get into a better spot than we were this year. The AFC was wide open. There were key injuries to key guys. Um, Next year, man, it's going to tighten up. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even know if we can finish in third place next year in our division. I really don't. I mean, well, I'm not trying I, to get to next year, but I'm just saying, you know, it's not like there's a difference between when we lost to Kansas City in 2020 and you looked at that and you thought, okay, but the, the window is open and it's all ahead of us. Yep. And now it feels like, I don't know what's ahead of us. And this year might have been our best shot. To, I'm not talking about the win a Super Bowl, but to finally get over the hump and get to one, this might have been our best shot. And I we just watched them just fall apart yesterday. And I'll say one thing before I toss it back to you. I saw this today, and it's something that we knew early in the year. We talked about it after the West Coast trip. It was that Jim Schwartz's defense, for whatever reason, did not travel all year. And I'll be honest with you, that never once entered my brain in leading up to this game. It was like, I just thought, yeah, the defense will show up. But what logic did I have to believe that? It was something, it was the weirdest thing. It was a tale of two defenses, dominant at home, non-existent on the road. I'll shut up. Yeah, um, well, let's see. Uh, the the little soiree that we attended last night, it reminds me of, it exactly reminds me of, um, uh, I had, we threw um, a college football championship party when Ohio State was playing, I believe it was the Gators, um, and uh, the opening kickoff, I don't know if you watched this or not, but every, I mean, we had a ton of people over. It was, it was just like last night. There was a ton of people over. There was food. I mean, boo, everything. And the opening kickoff, uh, the, I think it was the Gators. They, they took it like the opening kickoff went for a touchdown. And all, I mean, it was like all the wind went out of the sail and the rest of the night was just like last night. Nobody wanted to be there. There was, everybody was just, because they wound up lose, losing badly like last night and everybody wound up just sitting around just shocked, right? And I think that was, and, and the, like last night, like I'm sitting there and like you go from, you know, the booze and the food and like, yeah, let's have some more wings and some more of that cool pizza. And I brought a pie. Let's have some fucking apple pie, man. To now we're like, now we're eating out of depression instead of eating out of happiness. Now we're like, now we're like, fuck dude, this sucks. I think I'm going to go have a piece of pie or something. And it was, it, it tasted different. The pie tasted different. The pizza didn't go down quite as good. Um, the, the chili was just okay and not great. Like it was before the game started. It just changes the whole thing. Um, and, and as far as the game, man, the game, I thought about this, like everybody, Scott, everybody, and let's just keep it to the NFL, all teams in the NFL, all 32 of them have warts. They all have warts. They all have wrinkles. They all have cracks in the armor. They all do. And what happened last night, Houston exposed and exploited every single wart that the Cleveland Browns had. Exposed and exploited every one of them. And, and it was just, it was, uh, it was a clinic in, in uh, pregame planning, uh, film study, uh, preparing for the game. I mean, it, it was as if the the way the way it started and went down. It was as if the game was over before it even started. Um, and, and yeah, I was just I, I stayed longer than you did because 
I was just, I, I didn't know what to think. Like my, I think my, my brain was zapping out from what I saw. Um, uh, so, but, but yeah, man, I don't know. Um, where do we go from here? I mean, you know, it's funny. I was looking, uh, people, the, the way people cope with, with, uh, with what happened last night, I saw a lot of, let me, let me ask you this before I get to my point. Um, was there ever any doubt that, and we talked about this many times, was there ever any doubt that Deshaun Watson was going to be the quarterback next year? In my mind, no doubt. No. And, and, and what's funny is there's two, two coping mechanisms that I, that I witnessed today, uh, be it on social media or, you know, listening to some callers calling into local radio stations. One major one was I texted you about a lot of pe- a lot of people, especially calling in the radio station, were de- defaulting to the well. We had a lot of injuries, to, uh, and and it's okay because they had a lot of injuries, and the injuries finally crept up and reared its ugly head. Right? I will say to you, Scott, and I'm not sure if you agree with me or not. I want to hear what you have to say, but injuries—that is a coping me- a false coping mechanism because. Injuries had absolutely zero to do with the way they lost last night. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? Yeah, I don't think yesterday's game had anything to do with injuries. And like we said, defensively, they just had Anthony Walker and Grant Delpit out, otherwise totally healthy. Right. And before today, the fourth string tackles on the offensive line have been totally fine. They've been totally fine. Uh, so yeah, it, I understand the coping mechanism, but for anybody who hears this, it wasn't the injuries. I understand why you're using that as a coping me- mechanism, but it's false because injuries played no part in that loss yesterday. The other one that I saw was with regard to Deshaun Watson next year, like like to paraphrase the over umbrella uh, take now is, oh well, Deshaun Watson's for sure going to be the starter next year now. Which is funny because it was always going to be that way. And so now that's their coping mechanism on dealing with how they lost. And Joe Flacco throwing a couple of really bad picks yesterday was to convince themselves that there was another avenue other than Deshaun Watson being the quarterback. And so now, like, Kevin Stefanski came on and was like, Deshaun Watson's going to be our quarterback next year. And all the the, the media guys were like, Deshaun Watson's going to be the quarterback now. in light of what happened last night, which is funny because he was always going to be the quarterback. And now they've created a narrative. It's the narratives that we create in order to cope with, with this loss. And it's just funny because before the game, neither one of these things were even an issue. And now afterwards, the narratives are created in order to help people deal with the loss. And it's just funny. Yeah. I mean, to me, there was, We've talked about this before. I mean, the Browns have themselves with this contract in a position where they couldn't get out from under Deshaun Watson if they wanted to. So it's always been an alternate timeline with Joe Flacco. It always has been. It just didn't end the way we hoped it would. That's all. And even if they had won the Super Bowl, they probably were going to have to go back to Deshaun Watson next year. It would have been that Nick Foles-Wentz thing. So, you know, it's not – in. we've seen it in the NFL before. None be, – not because so much of a contract is hamstringing them like with the Browns, but we literally saw this with the Eagles a few years ago. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just depressed because – 
I'm getting older, and I uh, I don't know if I'm going to see the Browns in a Super Bowl, man, before I shuffle off this mortal coil. And I think it's a, like a legitimate concern. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I uh, <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, Scott. Welcome, welcome back. The 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 Scott that I've known and and loved for many a decade now is is back. I missed you, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, but no, man. I mean, uh, I, I can't can't argue with you on that. I I would like to. Like I said, there are some things that that uh, you know, some good things from this season that certainly can be taken away, like the culture and like how how well the coaching was, and and Stefanski loosening up a little bit, and and how well the backups played. There's certainly some positive things that can be taken away from that, but we all know that from year to year, you never have. I mean, you can you can get there in one year and never smell the playoffs for another decade. Um, and and to your point before, next year is going to be a lot tougher because all the injured quarterbacks are all going to be healthy again. Uh, so it's not going to be any easier. Um, but there's some other things about this game that have raised some questions that we don't have time to get into today that maybe during the course of the next few weeks we'll we'll touch on and, and explore. Um Miles Garrett, uh Greg Newsom, um Nick Chubb, what happens, you know, there's all kind Deshaun Watson, there's all kinds of talking points that that we just don't have time to talk about today. But um I don't know, man, like Where do we go from here, man? Where do you we know, go? You know, the the injury thing is like the narrative that won't go away. And it's funny because I was listening to a fan, the fan, yeah. about, oh, shit, was it Baldy who was on there or the other guy? I can't remember. And I can't remember the name of the other guy that's on Ross there. Tucker's on there Ross Tucker's on there. Ross Tucker. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. That's the yeah. one. Ross Tucker was on there, and they were talking to him about the injuries. And they're like, they might have been talking about Stefanski for Coach of the Year. I can't remember. But they yep. talk to Ross Tucker, and they're like, well, man, but the Browns, these injuries, man. I mean, come on, these injuries. And the Ross Tucker was just like, you know what? Every team in the NFL has got injuries. There's nothing unique about it. There's nothing special about it. Overcoming them is – he was like, you know, that's like your job, you know? And so he didn't – like, he played no quarter, man. He didn't give the injury thing. He gave the Browns, like, no love for – overcoming the injury adversity just didn't even didn't even believe it was a thing you know so I think that's something to I think in Cleveland I think we kind of get our bubble happening because we're Northeast Ohio um, we've got this inferiority complex so we don't listen to national perspectives because in our eyes they are always wrong because they're always negative about us whereas in reality maybe they're just being honest so what we do is we we isolate we just listen to uh radio hosts who we know aren't going to offend our fandom we allow the algorithm to just feed us the stuff that we already agree with and we protect ourselves from perspectives. So whenever you hear outside perspectives that were like, you know, that just kind of like, I remember when Albert Breer was on the fan and the host was like, well, we think the Browns have a shot, you know, have a shot. And Albert Breer is like, at what? And then they're like, the Super Bowl. 
And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, he just, when they said, we think the Browns have a shot, he goes, at what? I mean, it it wasn't like reality to him, you know? And I think we just bubble ourselves so much because we're so thin-skinned as a fan base because we don't win. And so it's like we're real sensitive about it. So, you know, we... uh we just isolate. And so we're somewhat like, I don't know, we're clueless to some of the realities around our sports franchises. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And the whole injury thing was just, was always laying just under the surface, Scott, because it's kind of like we as a fan base, um, it was like we were playing a giant game of Uno and we had that wild card in our back pocket ready to slap down whenever we were really in a bind and really needed it. We could slap down that wild card. And we as a fan base have been holding on to this injury card this entire time. It's like the injury card was our binky and our security blanket that was keeping us from from being Browns blind and risking a whole giant depressive disappointment, right? Well, I'm not going to be fully in and I'm not going to be fully depressed and super disappointed because I've got my binky here. I've got my injury card that I can always play as a crutch to help me, to help me get through this instead of just looking reality in the face. Like I remember the year that, uh, Aaron was it Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was with the Packers and when they won the Super Bowl, his only Super Bowl, I believe, yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers and not Brett Favre. When Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl, I remember almost every one of their starting defensive players were hurt and not playing in, in the playoffs because they were all hurt. I think they only had one starter on defense the, the entire playoff, especially in the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl with damn near their entire starting defense hurt. And I will always remember that. So you can't, we we can't, people, let go of the binky. It's okay. Um, injuries were not a factor. Albert Breer was right. Every team gets hurt. You can't use that as an excuse. They went really far. They made it to the playoffs. And so when you make it to the playoffs, everybody's good. Everybody that makes it to the playoffs can win the Super Bowl. And so if if and or when you lose in the playoffs, you really shouldn't be, I mean, you know, there's always circumstances and you always kind of have to treat it on a case-by-case basis because some situations are always maybe a tad different than others. But at any given point in time, any one of those teams, they can all win the Super Bowl or else they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Remember, the Steelers were a very low wild card seed and won the Super Bowl. I think it was the Seattle Super Bowl or the one where they beat Seattle, the, the coin flip game, where they were a wild card team and they went through the entire playoff, did not play a home game the entire playoff and beat everybody and won the Super Bowl. So it doesn't, so you can't feel super disappointed because you lost in the playoffs because everybody can win the Super Bowl. And you can't use the injury excuse to help you cope with it. Just deal with it. Just be happy. They just be take take the positives from it. Like I've seen some pretty shitty movies in my life. I've listened to some bad music in my day, and I've eaten some pretty crappy food uh, during my lifetime. But in spite of all of those experiences, there's always something positive and something good that I can pull from it and 
that I can use somewhere else. So, and, and I have to include myself in this because I've I've been negative Nancy and wet blanket guy the entire season, but now it's time for me to look at this and not use the injuries as a crutch and not say, oh, well, Deshaun Watson definitely going to be the starter now because he was always going to be the starter. Just take it for what it is. Uh, there's only one team that can win the Super Bowl. We lost, but there's some good things that can be taken out of it. It was a fucking hell of a ride. It was an enjoyable season, and I'm not going to feel bad about that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. It was Yesterday's loss was like it, we had a couple of those in the year. The Denver game comes to mind, the Steeler uh Sunday night game comes to mind. There were a couple games where it just was a beatdown. But there were also my favorite game of the season, still the uh, Ravens game. I went nuts. I was in a car when that kick went through. I went nuts. Um, that was my favorite game of the year, and I enjoyed the hell out of watching the offense open up under Joe Flacco. And I love the Miles Garrett play where he jumped over the line. That'll be one of my my takeaways from the season just disappointed man i'm hurting i'm rico the average caucasian male in america lives about 74 years <laughs> i'm gonna be 50 in july i've got a quarter century i've got 25 more shots to see my team get to the super bowl rico i saw a graphic that showed all of the afc central slash north champions of the last quarter century and the browns aren't on there once and so if they could do that one time they could do it again <laughs> so i am sincerely worried rico i am sincerely worried that i might not ever see the cleveland browns i'm not even talking about winning the damn trophy i'm saying just get there I'm worried, man. I've been pulling for this team since I was like in kindergarten, since I was like five years old. And I might not ever see it. This means more than the Cavs, the Guardians, the Buckeyes. It's always been about the Browns for me. The team that I most closely identify with, that I think most accurately represents where I'm from, is the Browns. And Rico, I am sincerely worried that it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh yeah you know me dude like i am in no position to try and change your mind on that because i'm right there with you um i would hey what'd you say what'd you say last night thank you lebron for at least giving me a taste thank of what you, it's LeBron. like to be a winner i mean it's the calves but it's not the Browns. This is the Browns town as, 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 you know, as long as our baseball team has been here and LeBron put the Cavs on the map again. Um, but it's not the same. It's a Browns town. And at least we have that going for us. At least we have 2016. Thanks LeBron to use your take. I'm not going to, you know, at least we have that. Um, I, I am. It, <sighs> Everybody was Browns blind this year, and I wasn't. And I and I'm I'm sorry that I was right, but I agree with you, man. I doubt I doubt. I don't even know if we're going to get back to the playoffs again, dude. That's how I feel, man. I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen either. Like I wish I could 
try and spit out some like, oh, hey, man, what are you talking about? They've got a great roster, and Kevin Stefanski is going to get two coach of the years in this first four. I can't do it, man. I can't. Yeah, that doesn't I, Misery loves company, and, and welcome, my friend. So doubts or doubters. I guess we're doubters. Didn't uh, Mike, doubter. didn't Mike Vrabel just win coach of the year a couple of years ago? I mean, it it doesn't matter. That's you can win that one year and be fired the next. I mean, a couple yeah. things. A couple things come to mind is you know the Browns because of how they finish this year, they're going to play a tougher schedule next year. Um, mm -hmm. I I think the, I think the Steelers. Uh, <sighs> They're not going away. They're not going to go into the wilderness like we did for a quarter century without a quarterback. They're a quarterback away from being a real force in the AFC. Joe Burrow will be back. Uh, Lamar Jackson just signed. He's like in the first year of a, what, five, six-year deal he just signed. So, I mean, the Browns are – I mean, we are not, in my opinion, positioned well um, unless Deshaun Watson starts playing like it's 2019, which is probably unlikely at this point. I don't think we're really in a great position to, uh, to, to get back to the playoffs. My suggestion would be, we have about four minutes left. My suggestion would be for, since Dan Gilbert changes the Cavs uniforms so frequently, I would like him to introduce a brown and orange city edition uniform that, that the Cavs can wear. And then on the games when they wear the brown and orange city edition uniforms, have them change their names to the Browns and then play with an oblong basketball. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think looking at Donovan Mitchell in a Browns uniform on a basketball court shooting with an oblong basketball would be pretty rad. <laughs> I love it. Great <laughs> idea. <laughs> I want to see those uniforms. I would love to see a brown and orange Cleveland Brown City Edition Cavs Uni. That would be fucking sweet, man. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then Donovan Mitchell could point to the 2016 championship banner in the rafters while he's wearing his brown and orange Cleveland Cavaliers Browns uniform. And it would feel like, oh my gosh, in the year we went 0-16, we won a title. I don't know, man. I'm trying to get a championship for my Browns. I'm trying to. Why don't we, you know, we're at the end of, we have, we're at the end of this episode. Um, Let's just take a breath, let the let it breathe a little bit, and that way we can we can get some perspective on this. It's a point of view, some good perspective that we can move forward with, and yeah. then we'll talk about it again. Yeah, and listen, man, I'm hurting. I'm not gonna lie. I really hurt today, and I haven't no. been able to. Stop. I didn't sleep well last night. I'm I'm, I'm gripping on the other side. To Browns Nation out there, listen, man, we're tough. We've been through all this before. We know pain. That's all we know. We're just one giant callus. If there's any fan base that can handle being kicked in the nuts, it's us. So let's lift each other up. Listen to the Brown Notes podcast. We'll be here for you all year. We're going to get through this shit. Hang tough, guys and girls. 
we'll we'll make it we'll make it out in one piece on the other side i promise all right thanks rico thank you all right go browns go browns Cleveland Browns, all day, all night. Ever wonder if rock and roll is dead? Does the music we grew up loving align with modern sensibilities? Or should it be relegated to the dustbin of regrettable rock history? My name is Scott. And this is Rico. We are your rock and roll pathologists. Join us as we take your favorite songs and put them under the knife every week on Rock and Roll Autopsy. New episodes every Sunday at midnight, wherever you stream your podcasts. The Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast.